Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. I know my decision will be criticized. There were no plans. There were no contingencies. They will reconstitute. This is not in our national security interest. They need to own this debacle, this total and utter failure. I think COVID is definitely here to say the efficacy of the vaccine wanes over time. We will need to have yearly COVID booster shots, just like we do with the flu. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, we're back in the studio for a Tuesday. Lots to talk about. Is this Michael? Why do I not hear myself? I hear you. You hear you? Yeah. You hear me? Now I don't. coming through all right? Shake it up, baby. (laughs) Anyway. Give me your microphone, man. We'll have to share a mic there. That's so much better. What is what is with the mics? Uh, well, Henry Hinton pays uh, mic bill. Um, I'll give it back to you in a second. As soon as he gets this one, we're going to hear you go. Um, live radio. Anyway, um, lots to talk about today. The the fallout from the. Oh. That's right. That's why we do mic checks. There. We're doing it live. Is is that better? <laughs> so, in other words, what he really wanted me to do was crawl under the desk and use the other microphone. Okay. Oh, my. <laughs> that sounds like something Bill Clinton would say. <laughs> I ain't doing it. <laughs> Let's keep it PG here, boys. I'm no Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> Sorry about Boy, that. Boy, this, this program has gone downhill quickly. <laughs> All right, let's start over again. Welcome in. It's Tuesday. News and Views. Tom and Benny. As the Biden administration grapples with the deteriorating situation in Afghanistan, Ned Price of the Biden's, uh, the O-Biden, that's, that's the new name for Joe Biden, O-Biden, uh, Ned Price of the Biden State Department has joined the U.N. Security Council in calling for a new government in Afghanistan that is unified, inclusive, and representative, including with the full meaningful participation of women. I, you can't make this up. This is cut one. It's going to be one of those days. Additionally. The U.N. Security Council issued a joint press statement earlier today calling for a new government that is united, inclusive, and representative, including with the full and, full and meaningful participation of women. The Council spoke with one voice to underscore that Afghanistan must abide by its international obligations, including to international humanitarian law, and ensure the safety and security of all Afghans and international citizens. You're kidding, right? <laughs> uh, th- these people are idiots. <clears throat> these are, people are absolute idiots. The Taliban is over there. As we speak, they're rounding up people, lining them up, getting ready to slit their throats and chop their heads off. And these horses' rear ends at the State Department and the U.N. are calling for the, quote, full and meaningful participation of women in Taliban-controlled government. They got to be sitting back laughing, <clears throat> you know. If Lloyd Austin, the the um, Secretary of Defense, former you know retired general, if he wasn't so concerned about, you know, for the last three or four months, he's been talking about this critical race theory horse manure manure, 
and uh, all this gender studies and stuff in the military. You know, if he'd had his eye on the ball, maybe this fiasco wouldn't have happened. But then again, Joe Biden was at the helm, so you know who knows. I mean, do these, yeah. I mean, the point is, do these Democrats have any clue as to what is going on in the world? And we were just told a month ago by Joe Biden that the Afghans were one of the most well-equipped armies yeah, in the 300, world. 300,000, well-equipped. Well, well, they're well-equipped, but now it's the Taliban is well-equipped with our with, weapons. With our weapons. Yeah. And, and has this a repeat? Has this not happened before? Yes, it has, under Obama. So does the Biden administration hope that the Taliban will take some clues from Joe Biden and the transgenders? How about sending Dr. Richard, please call me Rachel Levin, the beauty who was second in command over at, uh, what's the health department or something? Captain Kangaroo with long hair. Don't, don't, don't <laughs> say that bad things about Captain Kangaroo. I, but, I mean, well, let's send her it over to Afghanistan and give those boys a lecture to mm. tell them how important it is to give them plenty of room for their fellows who might think they're women to be given fair treatment. You know, let's let's let what percentage of transgender leadership should we have in the Taliban? Do these jerks not realize that it is their liberal diversity points that is one of the reasons that the Afghans roundly rejected our efforts at nation building? Yeah, and well, that's a whole other topic. I don't, I don't believe in nation building anyway. Because yeah. it's not going. You, you're talking about centuries. Uh, well, first of all, Afghan is not a nation. No. Afghan is a bunch of tribes that covers the same land mass that has the borders of Afghanistan, mm-hmm. but it's not a nation per se. But, but the idea that that we're going to go export this liberal ideology, and you have these airhead people that live in these ivory palaces of academia here in the United States that have made their way into this administration and just liberals in general that have this asinine thought patterns in in terms of oh yeah we're going to have a we're going to have a uh, male that thinks there's a female and you know we'll that's we'll applaud that and let's export that to Afghanistan the Afghanis, I mean, some of them are, have more common sense than the those occupying the ivory towers here in the United States. Yeah, those ivory towers, occupying the ivory towers, the elites you talk about, <laughs> reminds me of the Thomas Sowell quote that whenever there's a disaster going on in the world, there's normally a guy from Harvard in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of it, the head of it. Yeah, that <sighs> that knows everything there is about any topic, and you know the the fact of it is there's there's been generals for the last twenty years, ever, ever since we've been in Afghanistan, retired generals and people that maybe were, you know, didn't get advanced because they won't toe in the political line. That has been to- telling everybody what's been going on in Af- Afghanistan was a mistake from day one, and. You know, put Joe Biden in charge of something, you'll you'll see it goes to hell in a handbasket quickly. Indeed. I, I mean, the list is, is pretty long for, for Joe. Um, earlier today, White House Sec- Press Secretary Jen Psaki came back from vacation. Joe went back on his vacation. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, they gave a press conference uh, earlier this afternoon. 
Joe was hiding at Camp David. Sullivan spun like a top as he tried to justify Biden's disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan that put thousands of Americans in danger. Quote, has, well, he was asked, has the president spoken to any other world leaders since Gabbah fell to the Taliban? This is a question from, believe it or not, a CNN reporter. The answer, Biden has not yet spoken with any other world leaders. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's beyond the pale. Mm. It is beyond the pale. This guy has abdicated his responsibilities. Now, I, I understand he's a Machirian candidate. I mean, he's, he's not really there. There's a puppet master pulling the strings. And right now, you know, Joe, go back to Camp, Camp David. That's a good place for you to hide out. He's sitting around the fire having a warm cup of buttermilk at Camp David, I guess. But so, I mean, this is this is Sullivan insists that Joe is working, you know, working his head off, you know, throughout the weekend, working hard. He talked to any other world leaders. No, Biden hadn't spoken to any other world leaders. You know what? Perhaps because he doesn't have the ability, the mental faculties to carry out this uh, this duty that he would have as commander of chief. I mean, Donald Trump. How many? Who do you think? How many he you think he would have sp- spoken to at this point? Twenty, thirty. Mm. You know, I, President Biden. Um, I think yesterday. I don't know how much you guys talked about it yesterday, but because um, I, I guess his brief speech came on right before the show. I guess. Yeah. No, I had a chance to hear most of it. <clears throat> but um, and I've been. You know, I'm mid fifties, but I've been following politics. You know, since I was eight or ten years old. But I believe that was the absolute worst, most embarrassing speech at a time of world crisis by an American president in history. I mean, in history. I mean, not even a close second. Well, he certainly blamed Donald Trump and the Afghan government for his administration's ongoing disastrous withdrawal. Um, It wasn't his fault. It was everybody else's. You know, it's interesting about this. I mean, he blames Donald Trump, saying that Donald Trump put him in a bind, that he was obligated to follow what Donald Trump had set up. What other areas in the Biden administration has he felt any obligation to follow through on what Donald Trump has put into place? I think it's zero. Yeah, and the and the troops had been had been dialed down, you know, a while back. You know, Trump started that, and so and, and, and but remember that Donald Trump he, he was trying to get this deal with the Taliban, and he said you've got to follow through on these issues, and they didn't follow through, and Trump backed off of yeah, it. Yeah. So I mean, the, Trump had an agreement, but it was with caveats that, and those caveats weren't met by the Taliban. No. And they know, I mean, just like China knows now and every every other uh, place in the world that's a threat, they know we have weak leadership. Yeah. And it, they, they, they knew it and they proved it this week. Biden claimed the speech in the speech yesterday that the buck stops with him. Um, but uh, <laughs> he turned around and blamed everybody else. So Joe Biden's 2020 campaign for the presidency was based on the dubious notion that he would bring competence, trust, and calm back to the government following the presidency of uh, Donald Trump. Uh, Trump was a wrecking ball. Biden would be a builder. Where Trump was an arsonist, Biden would play the firefighter. Where Trump was a divider, Biden would be a uniter. So how's it going, Joe? Yeah, and and these these idiots in the mainstream media with CNN and others uh, just— 
you know, hooed and odd during the inauguration and prior and that, and right after the election about, uh, you know, President Joe Biden's leadership and experience in foreign affairs, <laughs> which, you know, hey, reminds me of what Bob Gates said about him. He's been wrong about everything in foreign in affairs 40 years. in the last four decades. But he bragged about it. He bragged yeah. about how wonderful it was, how he was the most experienced. Mm, well... <laughs> It's like my dad, you say. People, I, he'd been knowing people that's been cooking pigs and cooking barbecue for their whole life, and they're still terrible at it. So, <laughs> just because you experience doesn't mean you're good at it. So, instead of explaining how the Biden administration would help to get Americans out of Afghanistan, this guy uh, Sullivan from the State Department said the United States was talking with the Taliban itself in an effort to uh, to stop the beating or obstruction of those trying to get to the airport in Kabul after uh, reports of such attacks broke out Tuesday. Basically, the folks at the White House are just begging the Taliban to allow Americans to get through to the airport. This was an, another cut from uh, this guy Sullivan from the State Department. You noted that you had encouraged Americans on the ground there to leave and that many chose not to. I just wanted to follow up on, on we just question. Uh, will the U.S. government commit to ensuring that any Americans that are currently on the ground in Afghanistan get out? That's what we're doing right now. We have asked them all to come to the airport to get on flights and take them home. That's what we intend to do. So get to the airport. <laughs> just hop in a hop hop in a local taxi and get to the airport. Again, are these people idiots? Mm. I mean, they, they they get in a car, or go to the airport, and get shot. Well, just get to the airport so we can get you out of the airport. Well, you know, I, I'm certainly not giving Joe Biden a pass on all this at all. I mean, but at the same time, we have got a lot of people in Washington in suits in the State Department and in the Pentagon and all the uh, clandestine services, to be honest with you. Oh, well, speaking of the Pentagon, here's, here's John Kirby from the Pentagon, the press secretary for the Pentagon, and he was asked a follow-up question about how do you get to the airport? What is the plan to get these people to the airport? The, there's first of all, from a military perspective, John, our focus is at the airport, right? Uh, security and stability at the airport, so we can keep operations going. We're working hand in glove with the State Department uh, in terms of supporting their plans uh, at processing these individuals. Uh, but uh, again, that's something that we're going to be doing on a case by case, day by day basis. Right now, though, uh, I don't want to set the expectation that uh, that we are equipped and and, uh, and able uh, to go out into the countryside and physically move people into Kabul. Our focus right now. The troops that we have there are at the airport. The idea is to make sure we can get that uh, the air operations not only have they resumed, but to keep them in place for as long as possible. If they can't get to the airport, what does it matter if you have the capabilities to get them out from the airport? John, I understand that. And we all understand that the security situation in Kabul is not ideal. Uh, right now, the airport is open uh, and people are able to get through uh, through the gates there. There's a there's a processing process that actually has to occur. Uh, but right now, things are moving out of the airport. And again, our focus is on making sure that continues. The situation in Kabul is not ideal. That might be the understatement of the century. <laughs> Captain Obvious. <laughs> Thank you, Captain. Yes, yeah, thank you, Mr. Kirby. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, it's just 
how are you going to get to the airport? Well, well you know, we, our, our objective is just making sure we get those airplanes in there and we've got control of the airport. Uh, the rest of the city, you're on your own. Hmm. This is uh, this is just unbelievable. Uh, it's and and again for the president to uh, glibly blame everybody else. Believe it or not, there was the Taliban had a uh, press conference today, and uh, <laughs> there there was actually a moment in which I agreed with um, this spokesperson for the Taliban. His name is Sabi Hula Mujahid. I'm sure I'm hacking up that name, but... Um, close enough. Close enough. So he was asked about <laughs> these, these idiot journalists asking these questions, again, that are so obvious, but they were, they, he was asked about, will you uphold the freedom of speech? Cut four. This question should be asked to those people who are uh, claiming to be promoters of freedom of speech uh, who do not allow uh, publication of all information. I can ask Facebook uh, company. Uh, this question should be asked to them. Yeah, it should. Hmm. That's a good one. So Joe Biden and the Democrats and all you tech partners, you, do you have any moral authority to demand that these people give out freedom of speech, allow freedom of speech over in, with the Taliban? Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't have it here, right? <laughs> no. You know, a little, a little bit – this is a serious matter, but a little bit of lighter comical note. Um, I know you probably followed Babylon B. The Yes. Did, did you see? I mean, they they were hitting them out of the ballpark yesterday. <laughs> I'll just read a couple of their headlines. One of them was uh, Biden demands whoever the president who, Biden demands whoever the president is take full responsibility for this mess. <laughs> that was that was one article. Here's the other one. Study finds 92 percent of Taliban are happy with who they voted for. <laughs> Talking about Biden. <laughs> And then the other one was Taliban enjoys deep belly laugh over diversity training materials left behind by the U.S. military. <laughs> Listen, this is part of the problem, though. They actually had diversity training that was being mandated that the Afghan army participate in. And, and here again is where we think we can change a culture that ex has been existing for since the well i don't know before christ yeah you know yeah. and and think we can go in there and nation build and and change particularly with when their culture is so anti what they're promoting here well and the, the liberal ideology that progressives here in the united states want to push as if they have the moral high ground and these barbaric people over in afghanistan need to bow down and and, and abide by what we instruct them with. Now, again, you're right. I, I am not taking the Taliban side. Don't get me wrong. But, my gosh, these, these, are, these wounds are self-inflicted that the United States is suffering, and it's a whole lot worse for the wounds that a, a number of people over there suffer. We've got to take a time out. But uh, as, as we go into break, pray for the Christian community over there in Afghanistan. Mm. They're going to be... They're facing slaughter, literally. And there's They're, still a lot of Americans there. Yeah. Stay with us. We'll get to your phone calls, I promise. 561-8255. We'll be right back. 
Riding shotgun with your 5 o'clock drive. Well, the drive home should be a delight. This is Tom Lamprecht with more news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. Taking a look at your weather forecast. The chance of showers and thunderstorms tonight. A 30% chance, low around 74. Tomorrow, again, a chance of rain up to 50% with a high near 89. More of the same for Wednesday and Thursday. 50% a chance uh, during the afternoon of showers and 30% overnight with highs around 90 and lows overnight around 75. Weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Voted best golf course in Greenville two years in a row. Ironwood Golf and Country Club boasts an 18-hole Lee Trevino design course, full-service dining and outdoor pool, tennis, and more. Our newly renovated 15,000-square-foot clubhouse is the perfect place to make new traditions with your family. For a limited time, join Ironwood, pay zero initiation fees. Give them a call, 252-752-4653. Find out what makes Ironwood the best of Greenville, 252-752-4653. Be a part of the best Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Waiting patiently on the phone from Jacksonville is Robert. Hey, Robert, welcome in. Hey, Robert. What? What's going on, Tom, Benny? How y'all doing? I'm doing well. Good to hear from you. It's been a while. Good hearing you. I tell you, you know, uh, you talking about that first guy you played, the uh, the guy from um, State UN Department? Ambassador? Well, he's oh, from yeah, the State you, Department. Right, he was. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, I, I was waiting for him to get over there and talk about the unicorns and the uh, unicorns and rainbows that were supposed to be shooting out of everybody's butt over there in Afghanistan <laughs> and all when he was talking about that. I mean, yeah. You, you you were talking about earlier about how to left and all the just don't get it. I mean it's like Nancy Pelosi and all the rest of the squad and the other idiots up there. You know when the Afghan women and all when they we when all of them were talking about the little girls are going. I'm going to go to college and all I did yeah, and they were yeah. all yay look at that now now look at them yeah yeah and, oh and Nancy Pelosi's like, up there applauding the president saying he did a great job on the on the speech yesterday well you know he's She's also back, backing the uh, girls and all like that. You know, hey, you know, the Taliban ain't going to do them, do them wrong and all. And, like, it's easy to say that when you're 5,000, over 5,000 miles away from them. Yeah, they're so great. You Go know, over and enjoy them there, Nancy. Yeah, exactly. But, but again, look at look at all the, I mean, look, just look at the past there. I mean, look at Michelle Obama and her, you know, dumb comments and all when, when they get over there in the, uh, Girls got taken from Nigeria. I think it was. Well, hey, she did. She girls. did. She did put a hashtag up, Robert. So I mean, yeah. don't, you know, Hash, hashtags. <laughs> hashtag give our girls back. Yeah. Like the, the bad thing about it is they think that you know all these evil people like the Taliban and all like all the rest of them that they kidnap these girls already. They're going to look at it and go, you know, something they're right. Let's let's just do what you know, let's, let's do the right thing. Well, remember, Nancy Pelosi is the one that said of the gang members coming up from Mexico that they have a spark of divinity in them. So uh, <laughs> yes, yes, she's yes. not really a uh, the one you want to consult when it comes to evaluating uh, someone's character. Maybe a spark of opium well, in them. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah. well, again, it's the unicorn and rainbow shooting out of everybody's butt there. You know. Well, just, just <laughs> let, let, let's leave the uh, phraseology at butt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Robert. Good to hear yeah, from you. Thank going. you, buddy. Thanks. 561-8255. Let's go to Craig over in Swansboro. Hey, Craig. Hey, Craig. Hey, Chance. Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, you bet. I have two things. First of all, I mean, right now I feel like Neville Chamberlain is the Winston Churchill of of the generation compared to Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah. And also, 
another thing, everyone's talking about how the girls are, you know, going to be, you know, the women are going to be taken care of and raped and all that. Let's not forget about the men and the boys. They're being drugged out of their homes and constricted into service for the Taliban army. Mm-hmm. And it's just not men. It's just not men and women. It is, you know, it's both. So we need to focus on that as well because it is an absolute nightmare over there. It is, and uh, there are reports in um, from Mindy Bells, who writes for World Magazine, and she she has um, got contacts with a number of Christian organizations in Afghanistan. And uh, she wrote on Twitter, a person who works with house church networks in Afghanistan reports its leaders received letters last night from the hashtag Taliban, warning them that they know where they are and what they're doing. The leaders Mm -hmm. say they aren't going anywhere. So it begins, she said. There are numerous stories out there of, and and, and by the way, on the positive side uh, of all this is apparently the the gospel is going forth and there are a lot of people that are turning to Christ over there in Afghanistan right now. Now, I don't know what the number a lot means because when you have a predominantly Muslim country, in which Christianity is basically outlawed, uh, a, a lot might just be a few dozen, it might be a few hundred. I'm not sure what they mean by a lot. But the point is, those people that have made a commitment to Christ, that are living for, for their Savior Jesus, um, they, they are looking at uh, going into eternity in the near future. I, I pray that that doesn't happen, but I would really encourage our folks to remember in their prayers uh, these these poor people. I mean, as as Craig says, you know, men and women in general. Uh, but those people that were allies to the United States, that were interpreters for us, that we that said we will help you. Now some have gotten out, but listen, all of them are not going to get out. Mm-hmm. And uh, and those people who are living for Christ, they can't get out. And some don't want to get out. Some feel like this is where I belong. But um, it. it uh, uh, listen, the United States isn't going to intervene. Apart from divine intervention and protection, uh, th- uh, this is, I mean, th- th- you know, you, you, all, you liken this to back in the days of the early church where Christians were slaughtered for what they believed in under the, you know, the iron fist of the Roman emperor. Uh, it's, it is, um, it is bad. Well, you know, we can, we can be cynics and people can, you know, and be very cynical about what's going on in the United States and what's gone on in the United States. But absent the United States of the past 75 years um, that has become a superpower and that really have have a moral, take a moral high ground and have Judeo-Christian values, if it hadn't been for that, this, con- this world would be a very different place yeah. a long, long time yeah. ago. And yeah. we are very quickly becoming not a superpower. And with Joe Biden at the wheel... We, we are a laughingstock, and we are not a superpower. No. The fact that he has not talked to any other world leaders is alarming, and that's, you know, it really tells you what you need to know, that this guy is AWOL. He is AWOL. Well, his people around him know that he, he can't carry on a conversation with him. He cannot pr- read a prepared speech no. and even make sense of that speech yesterday. So, you know, what, what, 
it's just amazing to me just the optics of him taking back off to Camp David. That tells me. Yeah, at least fake it. I mean, yeah. at least at least put him in the basement of the White House and say he's busy in the Oval Office have or in a, the Situation Room or something. Yeah, release, Lie about it. Yeah, release a couple of photos of him in the Situation Room like he's in power and all this kind of stuff. Well, I, you know, that, that that photo that they released over the weekend of him at Camp David, you know, on the screen, mm-hmm. that's highly questionable that that was taken over the weekend. He had just got through watching Tom and Jerry when yeah. they took the picture. <laughs> Why the hell hey. I take a test? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take a <laughs> test, Joe. Stay with us. Love to hear from you. Five six one eight two five five. More to talk about. We'll be right back. the show that really makes you think he is a genius he's all powerful he brought a kind of heat he could be the best just don't hurt yourself okay more news and views on talk 96.3 and 103.7 welcome back in just looking at a uh, fox news headline governor abbott of texas apparently has tested positive for covid hmm the News and Observer is reporting the North Carolina House passed its version of the state bus budget with a veto-proof majority on Thursday. So the Senate's version of the budget passed in June. So did the Senate's version of the uh, budget that was passed in June. The final House vote was 72 to 41. This could mean that the final version of the state budget that goes to the desk of Cooper later this summer could, but not necessarily, have a veto-proof majority. The third and final vote on the budget came Thursday afternoon, hours after debate that was briefly paused because of protesters shouting in the gallery. Donnie Lamberth, uh, one of the lead budget writers and a Winston-Salem Republican, said during the Thursday floor debate that the budget wasn't perfect and there are things that uh, he doesn't like, but he urged Democrats to vote for the budget. House Majority Leader John Bell from Wayne County Republicans said the perfect budget doesn't exist. He praised the raises for teachers and state employees. By the way, the the um, hooting and hollering that was going on in the chamber was coming from state union workers who said, hey, we have a billion-dollar surplus. Basically, give it to us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very, very kind of them. Um, Robert Reeves, Democrat from Chatham County, noted through the debate of over the two days, called it historic budget by the nature of how much money they had spent. There were some good things in it, and at this point, both chambers know lawmakers' position on the budget. The House passed the budget second reading on Wednesday with a 72-41 uh, majority, supermajority. Um, so anyway, we're, we're into the final days of the budget now, and it'll go back and forth. They've got to work out the differences between the Senate version and the House version. Uh, we plan to have uh, Jim Perry on, Senator Jim Perry, tomorrow. We can ask a little bit more about this. But uh, it looks like it is possible that we will have a budget that um, Cooper won't have any choice. Mm-hmm. It's possible. It's not, not a guarantee. I mean, it's entirely possible at the end of the days, at the end of the day, the uh, Democrats will bolt after getting threatened by uh, the governor. I've said before, and this isn't based on any conversations I've had with some of my friends in the legislature, but I said on this show, I think I said on this show that uh, I, I just do not think that that Cooper this time can get away with vetoing the budget. I mean, you know, he's he stood behind that you know 
absent Medicaid expansion. And up front, you know, they just said, hey, save you time. We're not going to have Medicaid expansion. But with everything that's gone on, what teacher, no teacher raises for the last two two budgets that were vetoed by Cooper. And it's Cooper's fault. He can say all he wants to. It's his fault. Right. I just don't think he can do it a third time. Yeah. We'll um, another bit of breaking news, if anybody cares, out of the office of Donald Trump, he will be on Sean Hannity at 9 o'clock today. There you night. go. Tonight. So, on Fox News, I guess. Carolina Journal is reporting, along with a number of other local media and state media outlets, former state lawmaker David Lewis will serve two years supervised release and ordered to pay a $1,000 fine. This from a spokeswoman with the U.S. Attorney's Office. Lewis, a Harnack County Republican, served in the North Carolina House. Lewis, who won't serve prison time, resigned from the House in August of 2020. A court filing alleged Lewis diverted $65,000 from his campaign bank account into his business in 2018 using an account known as NCGOP Inc. as a conduit. Lewis controlled the NCGOP account, which had no connections to the state Republican Party. Lewis documented uh, the money transfer as a contribution to the Republican Party. According to the court filing, he later transferred $65,000 to the Republican Party from a personal bank account. He closed the North Carolina GOP Inc. account in October of 2018. Federal prosecutors asked for probation, which is basically what he got, less than a month after the surprise announcement that he would not seek re-election. Lewis submitted a three-sentence resignation letter dated Thursday, August the 20th. I want to thank the people of Harnack County for the privilege of serving them for the past 17 and a half years, wrote Lewis, who had been in the House Rules Committee. It's an honor of a lifetime. Somewhere in this uh, um, account of all this, uh, I I guess he wasn't living a luxurious lifestyle in which he used the money for. It was more or less an act of desperation rather than greed, according to a One News service. Um, Nonetheless, his uh, time as a state representative is over, and he will be on probation for the next two years. Speaking of uh, money improprieties, the state auditor's office said an eastern Carolina town paid their mayor pro tem legals fees after he was convicted for punching another council member following a meeting. Boy, you thought your town council had rough meetings. (laughs) Quentin Jackson is still in the Hereford Town Council. He was mayor pro tem in 2019 when he pleaded guilty to assaulting then-councilman Sid Ely. The audit said after his guilty plea, the town didn't remove Jackson from the office, even though the town's charter said anyone convicted of crime could not hold public office. It also said the town reimbursed Jackson $3,000 in attorney fees in connection with the assault charge. In response, the town's current council said the former council made the decision in closed session without Councilman Ely present, and they never consulted the town attorney. The state's auditor, the state auditor says they also found more than $11,000 in questionable credit card use, as well as apparent violation of the town's travel policy made by Jackson. Yeah, it seems like we're hearing more and more of these stories mm-hmm. from these small <clears throat> rural towns where some councilman or mayor gets more power and less oversight and accountability and ends up racking. I mean, in this case, we're talking about $11,000 in questionable credit card use, $3,000 in inappropriate attorney fee reimbursement. And you know, this, this individual is going to have to pay it back. 
but how does it get so out of hand that, I mean, part of the problem is the town does does not have the money to pay for a decent town manager or a town mm-hmm. manager at all. And so the person with the credit card just has a free-for-all. And I hadn't read this report, but, you know, my, knowing Beth Wood, I know it's probably in there. But, um, I mean, to me is imagine the lack of controls, um, you know, because you've, you've got someone that's a town employee that, that paid for that. And um, you, you think they would have the knowledge that that's not okay. And, of course, I guess at the direction of the board. But who's advising the board to these do these type of things? Are they not have legal counsel? I mean, it, I mean, that's it's, I, I mean, I don't in, know. In, how much in, in this day and age, it's hard to believe that you could get elected even to a small town council, small town and the, the town council. It's hard to believe that you could go through, jump through the hoops and be elected and not realize when they hand you a credit card you're not supposed to use it for your personal gain. I mean, it's just hard to conceive that somebody is that dumb, that ignorant. You hadn't been to a whole lot of town council meetings. Well, I understand that, but I, I, I would think that, you know it's, it's a and, question of morals, not a question of intelligence. And, and then you got people that um, think they're entitled. Oh, yeah. You know, That's and, true. And I've been through things like this in my career where you know, it's you they they start doing little things and then they rationalize this behavior. Oh yeah, to to, oh, to yeah. get they, to this they get point. away with a hundred dollar you know dinner out with yeah. the wife and say, well, you know, we talked about things to do with the town council, and uh, three years later they spent thirty thousand dollars on all kinds of personal goodies. And they get in their they get in their minds that hey, I, you know, I work for the town all the time. I don't get paid much. I deserve it. There you, you know? go. It's just the way they think. Stay with us when we get back. This is the most bizarre thing that Bill de Blasio has probably ever done, but it's uh, it's happening up in New York. Thank goodness he's there and we're here. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. So the New York Post is reporting... Back in July of 2020, just over a year ago, following the George Floyd riots, Bill de Blasio, the mayor of New York, disbanded the New York Police Department's anti-crime unit. That, in turn, led to a sharp rise in murders and shootings across New York. In response, the mayor called a news conference in Harlem in which he vowed to address crime's root causes. No one exactly knew what he meant until now. It turns out that the solution is handing out cash to gun thugs. <laughs> this is not a Babylon B story. This is this is really happening. Through an outfit called Advance Peace, the city will offer they call this a stipend. I thought a stipend was like enough to cover your lunch. The city will offer a stipend of a thousand dollars per month to young men involved in lethal firearm offenses. At the same time, pairing them with neighborhood change agents, quote, credible messengers, meaning they bring life experience, conflict mediation, and mentorship skills to the target population. Target population, that's probably not a good term. Mm. If giving a grand a month to violent teens on the provision that they receive mentoring from older ex-cons sounds like a good use of money, well, you're in luck. According to the public advocate 
Jean-Man Williams, investing in the advanced peace model isn't only a moral obligation, it's a governing imperative. The advanced, now this is not the first place this has been done. It happened in, uh, it's been tried in Stockton, California, where it was a disaster. Murders rose from 28 in 2019 when it was implemented to 45 in 2020, up to six, up to 60% increase and uh, much higher than the national percent increase of 37%. The summary fact for the Stockton program announces um, proudly that 71% of its 34 participants are not a suspect in a new firearm-related crime. That's that's what they're bragging about. Uh, Also, the Sacramento program boasts that 44% of its 50 members had no new arrests. Of course, that doesn't account for the 17 original participants who dropped out or were arrested in the first six months. So what what this uh, genius mayor, Bill de Blasio, who's not going to be there much longer, thank goodness, and I, I, I can't imagine you could have a worse mayor than de Blasio. Mm, I can't either. I mean, that's, that's the only good news about whoever's going to replace him. It can't, well, I, I shouldn't say it can't. It could get worse. AK, <clears throat> Bill de Blasio, a.k.a. Warren Wilhelm. That's his real name, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Bottom line, this is this is so these kids who have been involved in using a gun, they're going to get paid a thousand dollars a month. That's unbelievable. And this is this is really happening, folks. This is really that's their solution. So you're going to reward the bad guys. Now, where's the money going to come from? It's going to come from the good guys. It's going to come from the people that are working their rear ends off, paying the taxes in New York. They're going to take that money and turn it around to the gun thugs. You know, another uh, key member of, to, of the Democrat Party, which, you know, been to, to this COVID, I, th- you know, I think he's taken a lot of hits, even in the Democrat Party. But before, before that, I mean, there was talks to de Blasio, oh, he's going to be next this and that. But just another member of the of the Democrat Party that's a Marxist. I mean, he's yeah. That's, he's a Marxist and doing stupid stuff like this. <laughs> yeah, if there's a silver lining in all this, it is that the 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 stupidity of the ideas are coming forth and they're very very obvious. I, I you know, there was a headline yesterday that said that even the never trumpers are having purchase, you know, buyers remorse now with Joe Biden. I'm surprised it took them this long, but, yeah. but apparently now they realize, uh, oops. Are you having a good time, Joe? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, t- I tell you what, Joe Biden is making Jimmy Carter look like uh, he was pretty good. Someone told me that yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we got to run. We'll do it again tomorrow. We'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.